When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We are on ESPN Radio. You might be listening to us on Sirius XM Channel 80 or your smart speakers, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, or will be. Um, you heard it there on Monday Night Football. Peyton and Eli. Russell Wilson ended his interview with Go Hawks. ESPN's Chris Mortensen reported over the weekend Pete Carroll's job security as Seahawks coach was not discussed during an end-of-season meeting with owner Jody Allen and general manager John Schneider last week. And our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, joins us now. He is giving you the straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Now that he's in the media and no longer a general manager, he can give straight talk. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. How straight can a general manager always be? Sometimes you got to play it close to the vest. Sometimes. In New York, they would parse every word. So, yeah. yeah. They could only write what uh, – I'll tell you guys a really funny story. You know, they could only write what you say. So, you go through media training. You try to, like, learn how to talk around things, which I really perfected, especially with my father-in-law. And it used to just drive him nuts because he'd be like, tell me what's going on. And I would just talk around things. He's like, stop talking to me like I'm a member of the media. But I was like practicing my art form of saying nothing. So Murray Felzer, if you're listening, like it used to frustrate him to no end. Well, that's that's a good uh, skill to have for the in-laws. What does this mean regarding Pete Carroll for Russell Wilson's future, Mike? I think it gets a heck of a lot more interesting, guys. And here's why. I think that it's run its course from a standpoint of – if you're Pete Carroll, you're 70 years old, you're much closer to the end to the beginning, and you're looking at your team, and you are clearly, guys, clearly the fourth best team in the NFC West. How are you going to start this whole process over? You gave up two first-round picks for Jamal Adams, which is a mistake made by a very smart and talented front office. And if I'm them, i got to take a long look at, hey, can I go sign a veteran free agent quarterback and then maybe get three first-round picks for Russell Wilson because I need an influx of talent because when I look at the Rams and the Cardinals Mm -hmm. and the 49ers, two of those teams are still alive. The third team was eliminated last night. We are way, way behind those teams. Mike, do you think, though, that the league – because I hear mixed reviews from a few front office people that I just kind of deal with about Russell Wilson on his production, his demand – and where he is in his career right now. You know, Key, I think that's a totally fair point. But here's what I would say is it may not be the same, right, but he is still a really, really good quarterback. And we could quibble, is he the eighth best, the twelfth best? But if you're the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, Russell Wilson looks like Johnny Unitas. You know something, as you go through that, as you go through that list, he makes much more sense for a team like the Browns and the Giants. <clears throat> I agree. He looks a little diminished. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Gee. 
and he's in his he's enter he's approaching his mid thirties and he's going to demand a king's ransom or the team will to get him. <clears throat> so it makes most sense to slide him into a spot where all they need is a quarterback, so you can make the most of the next couple of seasons, right? The Steelers, the Browns, a team like that. You know, Mike, I, I find it so interesting when people say, yeah, you know, he's diminished, right? And I, I think for a guy like Russell, he probably loves that. Right. I'm diminished. Yeah, I hurt my hand. There's been a lot of issues going on with their team. Obviously, they're coming to a head. And a fresh start for him. Like, I envision him in a Mike Tomlin offense with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, and if, and if Mike Tomlin can sink his teeth oh into goodness. Russell Wilson, like, isn't guys, it's a 10-second speech. Our defense is better than Tampa Bay's. Look what Tom did when he went down there. Let's go. That's it. Yes. That's it. When healthy, we have a championship defense. Get back Devin Bush. Got T.J. Watt. Let's go. Russ, look what we can do together. And, and Mike, <clears throat> Russ always says things like, go Hawks. I saw a post-presser at the, his last game. He was very complimentary of what the city means. He's always been that way to me. I always take that. I'm like, all right, that's just Russ always saying or, the right thing. That doesn't mean Russ wants to be there long term at all. Or key, the Cleveland Browns, who are used to a little quarterback, right? And, and now that in Russell Wilson, there'd be a guy who could do everything Baker Mayfield can do but better. Right? Like, yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, he's a, he's a better quarterback and a better option for Cleveland than Baker Mayfield. The problem is – what am I getting in return for Russell Wilson? Are you willing to take Baker Mayfield off my hands? And so it's got to be one of those deals where it's almost like a um, – what was the deal that Cleveland did with, with the Houston Texans there, Mike? Oh, yeah, where they take part of the salary. That, no, that's a really interesting idea with Brock Osweiler. Brock, yeah, Brock Osweiler. Where he went to Cleveland. That's a great call, Key. And really, if you're Cleveland, Key, now it's a little bit of addition by subtraction. You know what's interesting about Cleveland, too? You're like, oh, he's looking for a big market. He and his wife want a bit. But then there's something about Cleveland, maybe because LeBron was there, you know, and it was Cleveland has become a national kind of like the national media pays attention to what happens in Cleveland in basketball and less when LeBron's not there and football. Let me ask you a question. Max, if you're Russell Wilson, you had a chance to choose between Cleveland or Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin or Kevin Stefanski. Some of the weapons that they have on Pittsburgh. I go or, to Pittsburgh. I go to yeah. – in a heartbeat. Yeah. The, the, there's something about legacy with the Rooney family. No doubt. There's a lot of pieces in place with Tomlin. And, Mike, you said it. Tomlin's sinking his teeth into Russell Wilson and some of the pieces they have offensively with that defense. Now you're talking about on an automatic contention for a Super Bowl. No, I'm going, I'm going to Cleveland, Mike. If, if I have my choice and I'm Russell Wilson, I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going someplace that they've never done it before. Plus, I trust – the offensive mind and the brain trust of Kevin Stefanski. If I go to Pittsburgh, ain't no telling who might be calling the plays week to week. They change their mind on the offensive coordinator like diaper, like baby change diapers. Let me throw yeah, two but, more out. But, but, yeah, yeah, but, but power, though, you know, you know. Let me take you behind the scenes. Okay, Russ, come on in. You're gonna be part of the peop- uh, the, the 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 process of hiring the next coordinator. There you go. Okay, let me let me let me throw out two more possibilities. One. The Packers, if they trade Aaron Rodgers, right? You're looking for a quarterback? Russell Wilson, pretty good. Wait, did Devontae Adams go with Aaron Rodgers? That's a good question. Okay. And here's another one, because they were on his original list that his agent released last year, Russell Wilson, and that's the New Orleans Saints. You got a, you got a hell of a head coach. What about the Saints? Saints make a ton of sense to me. If I'm a quarterback and I have a chance to go play for Sean Payton, now here's the thing is, how do you know Sean Payne's going to be there for the next five years? <laughs> Another good point. Um, all right. 
How about uh, another Wilson? There's another Wilson that we want to get into here. Because Don LaGreca said on the Michael K Show about Zach Wilson the following. There's stability with the Jets, so they're going to come back with the same coaching staff, same offensive coordinator. They're going to come back hopefully and spend some money and draft some real talent around him. We saw some of that talent emerge later in the season with Moore and Barrios. Listen, because it's the Jets, it's hard to bet that they will get it right because history says they won't. But I could see a lot of similarities between him and Allen to where maybe he could turn out to be the next Josh Allen. I I mean, not in terms of style or maybe not talent. I don't know. But... In the sense that the thing that's infuriating from a New York fan, and by the way, everyone who's sitting around, actually, the Bills are a shut up, nerds. I don't want to hear it. The Bills are the only New York team. You know what I mean, New York City. But from Giants or Jets fans looking at Josh Allen, look at that. Not, it's not just about identifying talent. It's development, oh. right? Zach Wilson, I could see if the Jets, they have Becton coming back. They have Vera Tucker. They have multiple first-round picks. If they have some patience, I could see him developing. Yeah, now, <clears throat> I think Zach Wilson has a chance to be a good NFL quarterback. Josh Allen's ceiling is just dramatically higher. He's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger, he's a better athlete. And by the way, I learned a lot because Josh Allen coming out was 53% at Wyoming. He was average his rookie year. And if you go back over the last 20 years, most of the time, completion percentage is not something that gets better. The, the biggest difference between Zach Wilson and Josh Allen is just ability Zach's not as big or he's not as fast. That doesn't mean he can't be a good player, and hopefully he develops, but his ceiling is nowhere close to Josh Allen's. Like a little Johnny Manziel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If your ceiling is Johnny Manziel, yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's not so great. Um, Yeah, so you would not – it doesn't sound to me like you would have drafted Zach Wilson second overall. You know, Mac Jones is every, – every day Mac Jones goes out there and puts a winning performance, he's making a compelling case to have been the second pick in the draft. Hmm. I mean, at some point we overcomplicate things, guys. He was a great player at Alabama. He was a great player at the Senior Bowl. He's taken his team to the playoffs as a rookie. At some point we're going to say, you know what, like, Mac Jones is a really good player. And by the way, like, when you look at how he played Saturday night, he's not the reason they lost. Yeah, I, 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 I love you, Mike, but I got to get your eyes checked. Ain't no way in hell <laughs> – I'm taking Mac Jones over Justin Fields or Trey Lance for my money. And Zach Wilson, I wouldn't have taken I wouldn't have taken Zach Wilson over those guys either. First of all, I'm looking at the type of body, his size, and I don't care about the throw of the damn uh, off-season conditioning, combine, workout, t-shirt, short, all-American. I watched him play at BYU. Uh, did he have some flashes this past season and late in the year? He showed you a couple throws. He's like, okay, cool. But I also saw J.P. Losman make a few throws in the NFL too. Key, did you see anything from Zach Wilson late in the season that gives you any confidence that he can be okay next year? You asking me that, Jay? Yeah. That's what I said. I seen a few throws that you're like, oh, okay, all right, he made a handful of throws. But I'm not – Getting ready to say that Zach Wilson's getting ready to take a Josh Allen-like leap. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. And it's interesting. You know, Key, you make a really fair point, which is Justin Fields, Trey Lance, those guys really just get a grade of incomplete. You know, they just didn't play. <clears throat> it's their rookie year. They haven't played a ton of football yet. And, by the way, I know this is not exactly the conversation, but one of the things that happens this time of year, like if I'm the Chicago Bears and I look at the job that Brian Dayball did with Josh Allen – 
I am not letting him leave the Such city of Chicago. Point. Like, I am saying, hey, you come here and you run that exact play with Justin Fields, and you two are tied to the hip for the next decade. Justin Fields, big, strong kid, can run, can throw, lots of similarities there. And, and Josh Allen's uh, – his development could not have gone, literally could not have gone any better yet. Like every year he got, he took significant strides and then just took strides in the playoffs. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. This was a lack of composure for the Arizona Cardinals. I thought David Long's touchdown to be able to put us up 21-0 was, was huge for us. Bounces in the pocket. Hit from behind. Flips it forward. It is intercepted. Intercepted. A pick six. David Long Jr. Matthew Stafford has his first playoff victory. You know, what they did in the first half, I think they held him to 40 yards. You know, I think it was one of the best performances in playoff history in the first Just proud to be a part of this team. Happy to get one. Looking for more. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. By the way, we're asking 888-SAY-ESPN, uh, 888-729-3776. What team do you trust the most to win in the divisional round? You can also hit us up on the Twitter feed, at Max. So, Mike T, here with Mike Tannenbaum. Um, the Rams win. Now, they, they did some business last year with a combination of Goff and Wofford, right? Yeah. Stafford just won. He he had to win that game. Only had to throw it 17 times, but he won the game. What do you think about the Rams right now? Yeah, he played well. And, guys, if we go back to the 49er game and the game last night, it was the tougher teams. The 49ers' defensive line whipped the Cowboy offensive line, and Matt Stafford played well. But let's face it, any of us could have played quarterback last night. Give the Rams credit. They were the tougher team. Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, they were able to run the ball effectively, and they were also – Beyond the sacks, they made it very uncomfortable for Kyler Murray. So I give the Rams a lot of credit, but to me it was their physicality on both sides of the line of scrimmage. How dominant do you think this defense could be? I mean, just seeing, like, you know, all year we talk about, well, Von Miller hasn't been playing or there's been injuries here and there, but now you're actually seeing this team healthy. And granted, Kyler Murray, the way they just – I mean, rushed for six yards. Yeah. Six yards, they contained him in the pocket. You know what's fascinating about next weekend's game? Jalen Ramsey doesn't have to go. Like, they could just play with 10 guys because Tom Brady's not going to even look that way. Like, Tom yeah. Brady's going to play point guard. He's not going to even look at Jalen Ramsey. They're going to have to win. They're going to try to probably expose guys like Eric Weddle, go to Darius Williams. They're going to go to other matchups that are much more favorable. Tom Brady will not allow Jalen Ramsey to impact the game. Yeah, I think defensively, Mike, the Rams – are getting what they thought they were getting, at least in this one game against Arizona when they went out and got Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago. They, they're they getting what they're paying for, and that's what it is. It's only – we're really – we're asking you to be here for three games and be Von Miller, be Jalen Ramsey for those three games. And clearly against Arizona, they got that. I mean, when Aaron Donald is – pushing the pocket. In fact, Aaron Donald almost got an assault case against him for choking that dude out. But uh, Caught a case playing that, the game. Huh? Uh, it, it, yeah. it was just it's one of those situations I think the Rams can, can go into Tampa Bay and do some of the same things that they did to Kyler Murray. They could do that same sort of thing to Tom Brady because Tom Brady can't move. Mike T. He's sitting there as a sitting duck. That's that's a good – but I remember – correct me if I'm wrong, but memory serves – if memory serves, you thought, and they did, pay a little overpay for Von Miller. 
do you? But, like, we all have to adjust to new information. Considering how he's playing next to Aaron Donald and the fact that he has a history of being a clutch performer and the way you just saw him play last night, would you now say that it was worth it, that this is such a high-leverage moment for the franchise that he could make the difference on that defense? Not yet, because you're giving away multiple premium picks, and they beat Arizona, give him credit, but let's see backs. Like, to me, it's still a grade of incomplete. And, key. the reason I see it differently is Tom's not going to hold the ball. Like, mm-hmm. he will get rid of it, and it may be, you know, a back <clears throat> out of the backfield. It could be Cam Bray, but I'm telling you, he's going to get to – and for 20 years, all we always talked about was, like, make Tom hold the ball, make a decision post-snap. If he knows where he's going before the snap, I'm telling you, he will take Von Miller out of the game. He'll take Aaron Donald out of the game. He'll take Jalen Ramsey out of the game. And we may be talking about Cam Bray with 11 catches, but they're going to have to do something to make Tom Brady hold the ball because, key to your point, if they do, they have a real chance to win the game. But I think on the other side of the ball, what's going to be super interesting to me is with Via Vea and Dominican Sue, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball against Tampa the way they did last night. And now we'll get more into that Matt Stafford conversation of how can he carry a team in the playoffs. You know, Mike, the thing yeah. is. What about, what about on the Cardinals side of things, um, Mike? What do you think of their game plan? And, and Jay pointed out really interesting some stats on, on, on um, Kingsbury where, and I wasn't even aware it was this bad, last how many seasons? Six, nine. Not, last nine, nine seasons, seasons, second half collapses. Like across college and now the pros, just utter collapses in the second half. What do you think of the Cardinals? Yeah, obviously disappointing. Um, in fairness, <clears throat> missing a lot of good players, most notably DeAndre Hopkins. There was that interesting stat guys last night about how much more productive they are with him. And to me, it's not just about him, but it's the presence he has on the field and the production he creates for others. J.J. Watt came back, but obviously not the same guy. Um, I, I don't know. They, they've come too far as a program. I would keep Kyler and, and Cliff together, even though, obviously, you know you can't have finishes like that. But I, to me, the foundation is certainly there. Do you have any concerns? Hey, Mike, Mike. Years? Go ahead, Key. Mike, you, you, you say keep them together. So Cliff Kingsbury has one year left on his deal. And Kyler Murray's going to be coming up for the fifth-year option plus a long-term extension. Are you believing that this style, these coaches, this team could ultimately, given that San Francisco's in the playoffs and even deeper, the Rams are in the playoffs and even deeper, that this team can win the division and wind up doing the ultimate thing and getting you a Super Bowl? Um, I don't know about a Super Bowl key, but I think they have to really fix that offensive line. Again, they got bounced around. Now, look. Aaron Donald's going to bounce around a number of guys, but to me, I would keep it together because there is a good foundation. And look, six weeks ago, they're they're undefeated, and when they're healthy, to me, it's a really hard offense to defend. But I would certainly say to him, "Hey, look, we got to work on our weaknesses." Dallas, it's discipline. You were the most uh, penalized team in the country. Arizona, we're getting bounced around by the San Francisco's. And now the Rams. We got to fix that offensive line. We got to be bigger and stronger up front. What we asked this question earlier, Mike, talking to Mike Tannenbaum here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. If you swapped coaches, because you look at the Rams and the Cowboys, they remind me of each other in, in a lot of ways. Good quarterbacks with some question marks, but with some talent, talent on both sides of the ball. If you swapped coaches, would that make a material difference? Would the Cowboys have maybe won their game and the Rams lost theirs? 
100%. And again, guys, I'm just telling you, here's the conversation with Mike McCarthy, and I've had these conversations behind closed doors with the Rex Ryans and the Eric Mangini's. Like, here's the answers to the test. You don't want to be fired. We don't want to fire you. But if we come out next May and there's one pre-snap penalty, they had 69 offensive penalties, I'm going to throw up. If we go to Oxnard, California, and you're on the sidelines BSing with Keyshawn Johnson, instead of coaching this team, that's unacceptable. Because, Key, I know like you like to go out to uh, practices during training camp. But in all seriousness, I would be – look, you're going to be the first coach fired if we come out in the first quarter of next season – and there's too many penalties. That's on you as the head coach. We lack discipline, and we were the number one most penalized team, and that is unacceptable. Mike, really want to get your Was you that aggressive giving our contracts, though, Mike? (laughs) On something. It it almost feels like a little bit of a Game of Thrones, right, like a House of Cards scenario. How how would you advise a guy like Mike McCarthy to handle that relationship with Kellen Moore, considering all the internal clout that comes with Kellen Moore, how people kind of leak his name out there, yeah. Right and like and that play call right like, yeah. hey we're gonna run a QB sneak regardless of whether people thought it was good or right like it had to go through the CEO the executive to confirm it how do you balance that throughout of course yeah. when you're on the right. chopping block yeah and I would just say hold me accountable for the results we have a talented team we had a great offensive year and by the way here's the irony guys they did a lot of great things on that last drive they got over the fifty as quickly as possible and if he had slid two yards earlier they had a shot go into the end zone, and the way they call P.I. now, who knows what would have happened. And that's a little bit on Kellen Moore, to your point, Jay. Will. Under the rules, guys, you could talk to the quarterback until there's 15 seconds left on the play clock. The last thing Kellen Moore should have said to Dak is, make sure you slide with 10 seconds. The other thing that really annoyed me is when you guys watch that play, look at number 85, uh, Noah Brown. Completely unacceptable. He's loafing. That's on the wide receiver coach. The accountability, the attention to detail – Jay Will, you played for Mike Krzyzewski. Key, you played for Bill Parcells. What did they stand for? Extreme attention to detail. That performance goes to the head coach, goes to Kellen Moore. It's unacceptable. And if you want to be the coach here in the future, here's the answers to the test. That must change or you won't be here. Much more on the Cowboys head coach, plus what the owner is saying about Mike McCarthy's future. That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, ESPN Radio Series, XM Channel 80. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Where did it go wrong for Mike McCarthy at? He called the play. That's not bad clock management. Key, you know darn well this is a horrendous call. I'm not calling for his job. I'm just telling you I don't know how you bring him back. I'm not calling for his job. I'm just saying fire him. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. 
Mike, you're gonna, we're going to practice. What I saw this on uh, an episode of Silicon Valley, by the way. They were making fun of it, but it was radical candor. Let's, let's practice some radical candor. Stephen Jones, Cowboys executive vice president on 105.3. <clears throat> Never mind that. 105.3, the fan. Listen to this. Is he confident? Well, I, well, the question is asked, so just listen. Now, obviously, part of that future, and I don't know what you can say, what you want to say, but are you of the belief or are you confident that Mike McCarthy will continue to lead this team next season? Absolutely. Very confident. Daryl Moose Johnston, who's, of course, a three-time Super Bowl champion and broadcaster, was on this very program yesterday on why the Cowboys should stick Mike Tannenbaum, because you feel different, should stick with Mike McCarthy. Listen. Gosh, everybody jump into making a coaching change. You know, I I, I think that that's that's a bit odd, uh, in my opinion. Um, I mean, from what they did last year to where they were this season, um, you know, he made a he made a big change in defensive coordinator uh, when the defense was a big problem for Dallas in 2020, and he brought Dan Quinn in. Um, he's done a fantastic job on that side of the ball. Um, I just I don't see the the conversation about making a head coaching change. It really doesn't make any sense to me. To make a wholesale change in head coach is, is, is ridiculous, in my opinion, because you know, obviously this team is moving in the right direction. And a change of that magnitude just sends you back towards square one. Key, I want to get your reaction to that first. What's your reaction from, from what we heard yesterday and just now? Well, there, there is no need to even think about a change at the head coaching position, right? You got two qualified guys in Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn to be the head coach. Dan Quinn is on a hot pursuit Teams are interviewing him. The Denver Broncos are flying in to sit down with him and interview him for the head coaching job. You certainly uh, are not going to hand things off to Kellen Moore. I don't give a damn what nobody try to tell us. Kellen Moore has not been Bill Walsh of offensive coordinators. <laughs> and I think people keep trying to make that something when it's not. He's, he's called some nice games and some nice plays, but he is not like Sean Payton of the offensive coordinator. They're just – clamoring to make him the head coach. So, in other words, what are you getting that's better after one year? I, I discount last year because of the pandemic. But what are you getting after this year when you've gone to the playoffs, you won the division, and things just didn't bounce your way? What are you getting better, Mike, after one year? Discipline, discipline, and discipline. I'm with Key on that. I am giving this guy the answers to the test. Mike McCarthy, if you want to be the head coach here long-term, and this just pisses me off because these are self-inflicted wounds like – you cannot have 69 offensive penalties, completely unacceptable. And a lot of those are pre-snap, which is about discipline and attention to detail. For, and all the things that have gone well, it's unacceptable. And I want a detailed plan that when these players walk through that building in May of 2022, what exactly is going to be different? Because if your process isn't different, your result's not going to be Key, different. Key, what about that? He's, Mike T here is pointing. You're saying, like, oh, the ball didn't bounce your way. <laughs> But they were lucky to even be in a position to screw it up. They should, like, you know, like they, they were getting beaten pretty badly in the first round of the playoffs. What about that? Discipline, it falls on the coaches. They're not prepared. No attention to detail. How do you respond to that one? I, I'm not going to say they're not prepared. When, whenever somebody says somebody's not prepared, I, I don't even listen to that because that is the furthest thing from the truth. They go through meetings, they go through everything that the normal work week would entail in the National Football League. So that tells me they gave them the information to the test. Now, are the players passing the test? Because the one thing that I know from the coaches that I've had is you do things 
by being drilled? Are you constantly drilled to the point that no matter what, you're brainwashed and you already know? Don't jump off sides. No brain or freeze. You know the situation. We understand the same way the coaches are thinking. If, if Mike McCarthy can get them up to speed to think like that, then you won't see 14 penalties because they'll be too afraid. Hold on, Mike. One, I was, was going to say one quick thing. One quick thing here, guys. Like, championships are won by everybody being on the same damn page. So, yes, coaches have to do a better job of preparing the individuals on the team to get their asses back to the line of scrimmage when there is an end-of-game scenario like that. I, I was just saying, same Key, with the players exactly. as well, Mike. Jay, well, some both. I was going to say the same thing. Key, you've been coached by really good coaches. You played wide receiver. I'm sure in end-of-game situations you knew exactly what to do and there was no gray area. And to me, the watch 85. Watch Noah Brown. He's loafing. That is unacceptable. Like, And to me, the other thing is Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore should have been emphasizing to Dak, if we're going to run a quarterback sneak, which to me, again, it's logical. I get it. You can do it with 14 seconds. But he needs to know, hey, Dak, you have to slide with 10 seconds to go so we know we have another play. And, again, the irony is I agree with Key. They did some good things. They were prepared to some extent. But when you don't have that sort of next level of attention to detail, that's the difference between having a chance to compete for a championship and, and going home. McCarthy yeah, lost and, his and, job in, in Green Bay. He lost his job. And the thing is, is these things always happen where you look up and a team loses a game for one or two plays, and the first thing people start saying is the coach, the coach, the coach, the coach, the coach. Yes, I was coached by really good Hall of Fame coaches and great position coaches and coordinators, but I would tell you this. If we screwed it up, it wasn't because we didn't get the information. We got all the information in detail. It's a matter of us taking that information and transferring it to the football field. But that's where internal leadership comes from. That, that's where you need somebody internally to reflect what the coaches want. And that's why I said before, there's still something about this Cowboys team that just seems a little bit immature in fashion. It doesn't seem like they've matured to the point where you're looking at them saying they're ready. Like, this feels like they're ready. In this whole year, I don't think anybody has looked at You've seen the potential. You said, well, okay, if they reach this potential, they could be ready. But it didn't feel like that was sustainable, Mike. Yeah, no, I agree. And they, and they got exposed – and the other thing that we're not talking about because the ending is so compelling, guys, but the strength of this team is the offensive line. Tyron Smith, who used to be the best left tackle in the NFL, he got whipped. I mean, they got whipped up front. Connor Williams isn't good enough, and that was the strength of their team. And I don't think this was Dak's finest game. I'm a huge Dak guy, but, you know, a lot of it just starts up front. And to me, like, that Ram-Cardinal game, guys, to me was in a lot of ways an image of the 49er-Cowboy game because the the lines of con- the, the line of scrimmages were controlled by the winners, and to me that was such – that really impacted the outcome. You, you talk about the Cowboys' O-line. Remember when Johnny Manziel was available in the draft, and it was like, of course, Jerry Jones is salad. Of course he wants that guy. And Stephen Jones is like, wait, 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 Zach Martin, right? How long ago was that now? Seven, eight years? Why does everybody keep saying he wanted Johnny Manziel? They still live in that story. That was the reporting. But anyway. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. But it's, it's funny that everybody is running with that when that never was the case. Well, it's, it fits in nicely to the narrative, right? But the point is, <clears throat> Zach Martin, like they've spent, I want to say, four out of five years spending their number one overall pick, the Cowboys did their first round pick, their first round pick, on an offensive lineman, Right. 
they have not devoted those kind of resources to it. And you could say, well, they needed a defense, they needed this, and they did, and they spread it around. That's the nature of the NFL. But that's why a great quarterback is so important, because he can compensate for the inevitable holes here or there. Carson Wentz couldn't be that guy. Jared Goff couldn't be that guy. But, Dak Prescott, same draft class. Can he be that guy? Right, but I would say this. Show me a good offensive line, I'll show you a playoff team. Like, look at the teams that are left. Tennessee, great offensive line. Tampa Bay, great offensive line. Rams, they played good last night. Philadelphia, this is something, um, you know, they got to the playoffs because they have O-line. a young yeah, yeah. O-line. And I'm just saying, like, it's really hard to win without a good offensive line. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he could compensate. Elton Jenkins gets hurt. Bakhtiari gets hurt. Greatness can overcome that to a certain extent. But Russell Wilson, great quarterback. Offensive line's not good. But if offensive line gets fixed, guys, this is my point. So let's say you do the- then there will be a, a usually another softness somewhere, secondary, defense, somewhere. Right. And Dak's got to be good enough to compensate for that. I don't know that he is. We're going to find out. But it could be on the other side of the ball. And I've always defined being a GM, guys, as being the point guard of information, which is, look, if we're going to extend all these offensive linemen, maybe it's the linebacker, maybe it's the safety. You can't pay them all. That's Mike Tannenbaum. Mike is going to head up to uh, get up and then return in 20 minutes. But coming up. Why LeBron speaking after the latest Lakers win is meaningful. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. So last night, guys, the Lakers got a win. LeBron James had 25 points. And remember, the Lakers just lost by 37 to the Nuggets two nights earlier. So this was the first Lakers game since Magic tweeted to his 5.1 million followers. And this tweet did not sound like it's some intern tweeting. It sounded like it came from Magic. And this was the tweet. We as Lakers fans can accept, can accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency. Owner Jeannie Buss, you deserve better. So, listen, I don't care who you are. LeBron, anyone knows. Like, shut up, Magic. (laughs) Everyone knows better, right? Here's LeBron on the lack of energy. We all understood it. Um, We understood that our effort and energy wasn't where it needed to be. Um, You know, in the Denver game. Um, in the second half of the Memphis game, and then whatever the other game we lost, 
we just they wasn't playing, you know, to our capabilities, but we weren't giving maximum effort. So, you know, that starts with me as a leader of the team and um, just taking the onus, letting Laker Nation know it wasn't about anybody. It was about our fans and the people that ride and die for the Lakers every single day. Jay, it was significant. I got this, and it wouldn't happen again. Jay, it was significant because LeBron didn't speak to the media after mm-hmm. they got beat up by the Nuggets, which is the second largest margin of defeat in his entire 19-year career. So he was asked why he didn't meet with the media after the loss. We didn't hear from you after the game in Denver. You, you didn't speak with us. Uh, um, was that because of – did you need some time to collect your thoughts on kind of, on kind of that loss? And I'm, I'm just wondering how that loss sat with you personally. No, I, I had time to collect my thoughts, but I didn't like what was going to come out of my mouth. So I decided not to speak with you guys because – um, I understand that some things that I say can be everywhere. So I didn't want that for my, for my teammates at that point in time. So I decided to just keep it to myself. See, I, I love that, man. Um, when you're in a leadership position, when you're frustrated as hell about your team being towards dead last in the NBA in the month of January, giving up 118-plus points per night, 118-plus points per night. Um, sometimes I need to remove myself away from saying something that could get me and my team in more trouble, like create more drama around a situation that already has a lot of drama. I want you to think about this for one second about this team. Stanley Johnson, kid that played basketball in Arizona, played for the Detroit, Detroit Pistons for a while, is on his third 10-day contract, third 10-day contract with the Lakers and had to score 10 of his 15 points down the stretch to help the Lakers beat the Utah Jazz. Involved in a ton of pick and rolls with LeBron James down the stretch. Played extremely well as center. uh, Was being guarded by Rudy Gobert. Just think about that. Player signed to his third 10-day contract, led a charge with Russell Westbrook and LeBron to help the Lakers beat the Utah Jazz coming back from a deficit down the stretch. Like, that's where the Lakers are. So as they won the game last night, that's a step in the right direction, but there needs to be a sense of urgency. And what happens sometimes when you have an older team, it's hard for them to kick that into gear because they don't have the youthful legs. So guys like Tell and Horton Tucker, guys like Malik Monk, guys like Stanley Johnson, you need them to bring energy and scoring off the bench constantly or you have to make some big-time moves about a trade deadline. That's where they are. Yeah, the Lakers are, are – going to make some some moves by the trade deadline. I don't know what moves it's going to be, but I think that the hunger, you mentioned Stanley Johnson out of California, modern-day high school, Arizona, played for the Pistons, third 10-day contract. But he's a hungry guy. He's he's out there trying to prove his worth. And I think that that is where the Lakers kind of got away from some things. If you go back to Alex Caruso's, the KCPs, those were guys trying to prove their worth. So they, they were on the hustle on both ends of the floor at all times. I think the Lakers got away from that with this new kind of older free agent put the band back together type situation. They got away from that. They've got to get back to that. Uh, it certainly was an eye-opener to see them get smashed by Denver, but then it was a promising thing to see them bounce back against Utah. Now let's see if when the second half of the season comes around, that they have things in gear and ready to go. I want to explore another dimension of the Lakers right now, though, because 
<laughs> you're right about the details, of course. Mm-hmm. When teams put together a big three, and ain't none of those guys drafted by the team, right? So you got to go out and get those guys. Yep. And only one of them signed in free agency. So you had to make you had to tr- you had to move assets to get the other two, and they're stars. So you got to move a bunch of assets. Even though Westbrook was a little devalued at that moment, they got him a little bit on the cheap. I feel it turned out to be good for both sides. Right. Well, at least it turned out to be good for the team trading Westbrook. But at the time, it was He's like the oh. highest paid player. Yeah, that's right. Right. When you do that, <laughs> I was like on oh, the cheap. Yeah, not not on the cheap. No, yeah. no, but you know what I, I mean. I mean, in terms of the resources you give up, if you get an M, a guy playing at MVP level, usually you have to give up more than the Lakers gave up. Okay, now when you do that, usually you're a thin team that's going to have some problems because you gave up everything you had just to get those guys together. Then you really got to get the details right, and we knew coming in they weren't going to have the shooting. What has been a big disappointment is the defense. Because they're at Westbrook's still very athletic. LeBron, even at his age, is very athletic. AD is a defender. That's the puzzling part. Like, why isn't this a better Caruso? I get it. He's a role player. He plays deep. But this should be a better defensive team. Yeah, I mean, but Caruso gave them something that they don't have at the guard spot on the defensive side of the ball. They, he, he, yeah, he a role player. But guess what? He was playing in late fourth quarter role. He was in the mix. See, but last night, man, they held Utah to 46 points and forced 11 turnovers in the first half. But there was a sense of urgency. There was a commitment to the defensive end where it wasn't just we're going to outscore you and let LeBron be great all the time. And, and that's the mentality that their ass needs to get back to. That's right. This is what Magic was talking about. This is what really LeBron responded to. I think, Jay, you hit it on the head, is that even if you like, oh, defense is just effort. There are some teams that can give a lot of effort. They're not going to be a great defensive team. They might be okay, but they're not going to be great. The Lakers have it in there somewhere. That's why when you watch them and they're giving up a ton of points, you're like, oh, hold up, time out, y'all. You are capable of being a good defensive team. Now, now go, let's see some urgency. I think that's what it is, Jay. I think that's what Magic was talking about. I think that's what LeBron responded so to. So it's always interesting with the Lakers, and this is what makes you keep hanging around. <laughs> In fact, they get blitzed by Denver like that, right? But then they turn around and beat the team that's ranked fourth in the West, and, it, and they came back to do it, but they did it. So Stanley Johnson was together. a stud out of college. You just need Anthony Davis. You need him to be great defensively and offensively. That's what you need. Could one organization replace a future Hall of Fame quarterback with another one? That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Stay with us on Sirius XM Channel 80. Keep it going. That's right. Download the podcast. Turn on your smart speakers. All that. Be back in a minute. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 